Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Luke 5. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signalled their partners in the other boat to come and help. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. While Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. When he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Then Jesus ordered him, don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. One day Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralysed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friends, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier, to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralysed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we've seen remarkable things today. 
After this, Jesus went out and saw a tax collector by the name of Levi, sitting at his tax booth. Follow me, Jesus said to him. And Levi got up, left everything and followed him. Then Levi held a great banquet for Jesus at his house and a large crowd of tax collectors and others were eating with them. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law who belonged to their sect complained to his disciples, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They said to him, John's disciples often fast and pray, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours go on eating and drinking. Jesus answered, Can you make the friends of the bridegroom fast while he's with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days they will fast. He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch an old one. Otherwise they will have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins and the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants a new, for they say, the old is better. What did Jesus mean when he said to the paralysed man, your sins are forgiven? Surely he can't mean the man's paralysis was a punishment from God that would be removed when forgiveness is released. Sadly, So many secretly think that is what God is like. The conundrum is unpicked when we realise that we often have far too narrow an understanding of sin and therefore far too narrow a view of Jesus' saving work. The modern concept of sin, if it exists at all, suggests you can point at a person and say a specific act was a sin and another specific act wasn't. It is an individualistic, fault-focused idea. But Jesus talks about sin like a kingdom. Sin is a manifestation of Satan's power that holds people in exile from God and corrupts them from the inside out. For Jesus, therefore, forgiveness is to plunder a person out of Satan's foul influence. To forgive a man is to rebirth him as a member of God's great community. Jesus' forgiveness of the paralysed man, and of you, is therefore not about Jesus pretending his evil actions never occurred. But it is releasing the man from his sin-defined destiny and commanding him to walk into new life in the community of the redeemed. The story about the fisherman and the tax collector are therefore one and the same as the paralysed man. Each of them are delivered from destinies drudging towards death and are reborn into a life defined by the life of the Messiah. Jesus came to liberate people from the Lord of this earth by making him their Lord instead. That is what forgiveness means. If we lifted the bonnet of your view of repentance, what would we find? Would it be a nitpicking, narky moan, not to commit acts of sin? Or would it be beckoning to rehabilitation and belonging, to movement and to membership? I want the church again to be known for liberating the lost, 
for inviting distraught and wounded people into the kingdom of kindness, where they can find new rhythms and new destinies in intimate obedience to their God. I want to be someone who, like my Lord, gives remarkable, generous invitations to the new life of walking each day in the goodness of our God. Here's a question for reflection. What would be different if you were filled with all the goodness of God? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.